Welcome to the Life Point Louisville podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Sean McGill. For more information about this podcast and for other resources, visit lifepointlou.org. We're wrapping up the series, uh, Breathe Again, today, and I've been trying to do my best over the last four weeks just to impart faith in you, get you to believe for more, hope for more, trust God for more, and so that's what I wanna do today. I wanna talk to you uh, from, from this idea about being in the middle, in the middle. How many of you guys ever just feel like you've been in the middle of something? You're like, what do you mean, Sean? Well, you're not where you wanna be, but you're not where you used to be. You're just kinda stuck in the middle. This season has kind of felt like a middle. We're not where we used to be, but we are in no way where we want to be, kind of in the middle. So I want to talk about what happens in the middle, because the middle can be a scary place. The middle can be a place where, for some, maybe we just kind of put our head down and rock and roll, but for others, storms happen in the middle. Problems come in the middle. Frustrations happen in the middle. So I want to look at a text found in Mark chapter 4. Verse number 35, and it says, when the day came, Jesus said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. I wanna take you where we're not yet. I wanna take you somewhere new. Let us go over to the other side. Everyone say the other side. I love the idea of the other side. Amazing things happened on the other side. When they got to the other side, miracles happened. When they got to the other side, there was gonna be great testimony of what God did through them. And in them. So leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There was also some other boats with him, and a furious squall came up. A squall. Seems like a very Mississippi word, a squall. And the waves broke over the boat, and it was nearly swamped, and Jesus was in the stern. So here was a great storm, and he was just sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him up and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? And he got up and he rebuked the wind and the waves and he says, quiet, be still. And the winds died down and it was completely calm. And he said to the disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Who is this? Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him for the first time. Ever, they were seeing him not only as a God that can do miracles, but really the Lord of the atmosphere. That even the wind and the waves would obey him. And in verse number five, or chapter number five, verse number one, it says, they went across the lake. And so Jesus said, let's go to the other side. And then a few verses later, it says, then they got to the other side. In chapter number six, another storm comes and Jesus says the same thing. Let's go to the other side. A few verses down, it says, when they got to the other side. Well, in both of these stories, in between then and when was a storm. So I wanna pray about the middle today, the in-between, the storm, or preach about that idea that we can all go through. Father, we thank you so much that you're with us. We thank you for your presence that we felt in this service. We thank you that your name is powerful. We thank you that you are so good. We thank you that you never leave us or forsake us. We thank you that no matter what we're walking through, you're with us. So today, God, I pray for those that are in the middle. God, somebody that may feel like they're just stuck in the middle. God, that you would be with them, that you would show up. You would calm the wind and the waves. In Jesus' name we pray, 
Amen. Amen. Thanks so much. Um, growing up, we couldn't really afford big vacations where uh, we flew on airplanes. I also grew up in a small town, Green Forest, Arkansas. We had 3,640 people in Green Forest, Arkansas. Um, those of you that aren't familiar with populations, that's a country town. We had one stoplight, a Sonic, a Pizza Pro, and a chicken place in a gas station. We had no restaurants. We had no Walmart. Come on, we had no Walmart. What city does, and I'm from Arkansas. Every city in Arkansas has a Walmart. That's where Walmart's from. We had no Walmarts. We didn't have a Lowell's. We didn't have any of that. Lowell's, that's how they say it in the country. Lowell, my dad says, hey, we're going down to Lowell's. Dad, it's Lowe's. Some of you say that. And so we didn't have much money, and so we did road trips. And uh, road trips were really fun back in the day. I remember this one road trip that we went on. As a family, we were going from Green Forest, Arkansas to St. Louis, Missouri, and we were going to go to the Science Center, and uh, at the time, there was a Six Flags there, and we were on our way. I mean, we had loaded up the car. We had all the little Debbies you could ever possibly imagine, the zebra cakes, the Nutty Buddies. <laughs> Listen, there ain't nothing better than some zebra cakes and Nutty Buddies. We had the Mountain Lightning. <laughs> Couldn't afford Dr. Thunder. That was what was, and we were in an Astro van. That was our road trip. And so we were heading to St. Louis, and on the way um, about, I don't know, maybe a couple hours into the journey, I asked the same thing that every child asks. Uh, are we there yet? I have a four-year-old now, and we just started doing road trips when we moved here because our family is within a day drive. Before that, we didn't see them ever. Um, and now we're within a day drive, and so we've done some nine-hour trips with my four-year-old, and it's like three hours in. Daddy, are we almost there? Daddy, are we there yet? Daddy, are we gonna make it? Are we almost there? How many of you guys have ever asked God that question? Hey, God, are we almost there yet? I'm not where I used to be, but we definitely aren't where we wanna be. Are we there yet? And so this one particular road trip that we were on, a storm began to brew because there was a sign that said, uh, next exit, uh, checkpoint. Next exit, checkpoint. I'd never seen this before, but I was about to learn what a checkpoint was. About that time, for whatever reason, we were a baseball family. I grew up playing Little League Baseball. My dad decided to throw a handful of sunflower seeds that he had been, you know, collecting, I, I don't know, in a cup or whatever, and the cup was full, so he reached in and grabbed out the shells and threw them out. I, I don't know what on earth possessed him to do such a thing. But you shouldn't do that right before a checkpoint. You shouldn't throw anything out the window ever, but especially before a checkpoint. Because it wasn't minutes later that we saw blue lights behind us. How many of you know when blue lights are behind you, that feels like a little bit of a storm. That feels like a little bit of an issue. That is definitely not a situation that you wanna be in. And so blue lights light up behind us and out comes an officer and he goes up to the window. He says, sir, what is it that you just threw out the window? He's like some sunflower seeds. Moments later, I see another person get out of the police car. He has a camera and a vest that says cops on it. Some of you are too young to know that show, but there was a show on TV called Cops. Bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? Bad boys, bad boys. National TV, here we are. Cops out of the back. 
of the car. They come up, they peek into our Astro van. I mean, this looks like a criminal van right here. My dad has thrown things out the window and cops come speaking in the van. The guy's like, what did you throw out of the car? I'm like, dad, it's cops. We're on TV. My dad's like, shut up, be quiet. Don't say a word. It is a bad day. We finally went back and found those sunflower seeds, I think. I don't remember what happened, but we never ended up on cops because I guess we weren't bad enough. But that was an interesting situation where we were not where we used to be at home, but we weren't where we wanted to be on vacation. And in the middle of it was a struggle. In the middle of it, my dad almost got busted and went to jail. Sometimes there's some things that happen in the middle that are tough. And there's some times in your life where, you know, you're not where you want to be but you know you're not where you used to be. You're just in the middle, and it's hard in the middle. It can get frustrating in the middle, especially when you feel like God is calling you to that next place that you're supposed to go to. You feel like you stepped out. You heard a word from God. God said, hey, I wanna take you there. I wanna open this door for you. I want you to meet this person. I want you to step into this thing for ministry. I want you to preach this or teach this or lead this small group. And you get in that situation where you feel like God is actually calling you to the other side. Remember these disciples, Jesus looked at them and said, let's go to the other side. And it's in those moments where sometimes when you feel like, okay, God has a plan for me and I know this is the destination, but here I am in the middle and the middle is frustrating. I know what it's like, you know, Jennifer and I had this dream in our heart to plant a church, but it didn't come six months ago. It didn't come two years ago. It came about 15 years ago. And I spent about 15 years in the middle, about 15 years trusting God, getting frustrated with God, getting mad at God. Open up the door. When are you gonna do it? God, are you listening? God, are you absent? God, are you even there? God, do you even care? Some of you guys, you've been there. You've been in the middle. You've been in the middle of believing God was gonna do something in some relationships in your life, but it's not yet done yet. You've been in the middle of believing that this thing that we've all been going through 2020 now 2021 was going to end but we're just kind of stuck in the middle. The middle can be a really tough place. And what I've learned about the middle is the middle is often where storms happen. The middle is often where our faith is tested the most. The middle is where where we can either persevere or we can give up. A lot of people give up in the middle when the storms come. A lot of people bail in the middle. But here's the thing about storms. Storms are inevitable. See, in all of our lives, there are gonna be moments where we're in the middle and storms just come. See, maybe you're not in a storm today. I can promise you, you will be in a storm one day. I can promise you, junior high student or high school student in this room, there will come a time where everything isn't good and you feel like you are in a storm. I can promise you in your parenting journey, there will come a time where you walk through a storm, where you walk through a hard season. And you know, this isn't something that I just believe. This is actually something that Jesus spoke to us. In fact, in John 16, he gave us this beautiful passage of scripture. He gave us this thing that should excite us so much. He says this, in this world, you will have trouble. You're gonna have trouble. There's gonna be moments in your life where you're just in the middle and storms come. It can be storms in your family. It can be storms in your finances. It can be storms in some relationships or storms in your dream or, you know, in some dreams that you have. 
Now, now here's what I, I, I don't think. I don't think we should wake up every day expecting storms because I promise you, if you expect a storm, you're probably gonna walk into a storm, right? If you wake up every day saying, today's gonna be a bad day. I'm just waiting for a storm today because Jesus says it's gonna rain. Jesus says storms will come and in this world you will have trouble. That's not the posture that we should live. It should not be a posture of like, storms are happening today. I might as well just quit and give up now. No, but it is a posture of just recognizing when things get hard and when things get tough, that it's a storm. That it's, a, it's, a, it's an opportunity for God to be faithful. It's an opportunity for you to lean in and say, okay, God, I need you in this situation. And so storms can happen in our lives in so many ways. As we look at this text, there was really three types of storms that these disciples were going through, these men of God in the boat. The first was just a physical storm. There was a physical storm of the wind and the waves crashing into their boat, right? The physical storm that's like, hey, are we gonna make this? Are we gonna get shipwrecked? Is this thing gonna capsize? You know, are we gonna continue on to the other side? There was a physical storm. And often the physical storm can lead us to another place that's a very an emotional, emotional storm. And, and they were led into that. Here they were, the wind and the waves came, and then they walked into an emotional storm because they're like freaking out. What are we gonna do? Does God even care? God, are you listening? You know, what are you gonna do, Jesus? And he's asleep in the boat, and we'll talk about that here in just a second. And then that, that, that very, you know, emotional storm, it led to, to honestly a spiritual storm where it's at the end that Jesus looked at him and says, hey, where's your faith? See, in storms, we can face so many issues where, where a physical storm can then lead to an emotional storm and we end up in places in our mind and in our hearts that we never intended to be and then that emotional storm can take us to a very real spiritual storm in our life where we wanna give up on God. We wanna bail on him where we, we lose our faith in him or we can take these storms and we can say, God, you are in the middle of the storm and so in the middle of the storm, I wanna put my trust in you. In the middle of the storm, I wanna stay in the boat with you. In the middle of the storm, I wanna believe that you can do something great in my life. And so here the disciples are in verse number 35. Jesus says, hey, we're going to the other side. This was a promise, right? I mean, Jesus said, we're going to the other side. And so they get in the boat and they head off on the water and some other boats are kind of tracking along with them. I wish we knew what those other boats were facing in that moment. And the Bible says that as they were going across the sea, as they were going across, you know, this, this, this body of water to the other side, that a great squall, a great storm arose. I mean, it was a storm that was crashing down on them. And guess where Jesus was? He was in the boat. I wish I had a pillow in a bed right now. That's where he was. He was like laying in the boat asleep. I mean, you gotta remember, he was fully God, fully man. He, there was this humanity side to Jesus in this moment where he had just been done preaching and teaching and he was exhausted. I mean, this moment that they had just came out of, there was so many people that had gathered around. He actually had to push off from the shore, get in the boat and begin to teach. I'm sure he was exhausted. And so he gets in the boat and he's like, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna take a nap. I'm gonna get in the boat and I'm just gonna sleep. And so Jesus is asleep in the boat and the winds and the waves come. And maybe, maybe for some of you, that's kind of how you feel today. That you're walking through a storm. See, I think there's three, three positions maybe you can be today or three places you can find yourself in today. 
For some of us, we could be right dab in the middle of a storm. And I'm not gonna ask for a show of hands, but I want you to, I want you to ask that question in your heart. God, God, where am I? Am I in the middle of the storm? This thing that I thought was just like, just part of life, is it a storm? Maybe you feel like you're in the middle of a storm and it was in this storm that, man, things got rocky. It was in this storm where, where even though Jesus had said, hey, I'm gonna take you to the other side, he promised to get them to the other side. In that promise, there was so much wrapped up, right? Hey, you're not gonna perish. We do have work to do. You are gonna go to the other side. I'm everything you need, let's, let's go. But here they are in the middle of the storm and it's in the middle that you wanna jump. It's in the middle that you wanna scream. It's in the middle that you wanna bail and here these disciples are and the storm is raging all around them and they look at Jesus and he is asleep. He's asleep. Just chilling. Huh? I'm just letting that soak in for a minute. He's asleep. The disciples, they start freaking out. What are you doing? What's wrong with you? In fact, one of them comes and says, hey God, don't you care about us? Read it for yourself, right? Here it is, verse number uh, 38. It said he was asleep and one of them woke him up and said, teacher, don't you care if we drown? Don't you care that we're sinking? Don't you, don't you care that there is chaos all around us? Maybe you're there today. You're in the middle of a storm and you feel like God doesn't care. I've been there. I know what it's like to walk through a storm and think in the middle of it, is God, is God listening? I've been waiting a year to get a job. I've been waiting six months for this miracle. My health, again, is in a similar situation. God, I'm still single. Do you care? Are you present? Are you listening? And we can get angry at God in that place. We can get mad at God. God can seem absent and God can seem passive and God can, can seem to us, you know, like he, he's not even listening. And I wanna, I wanna show you what Jesus does in that moment. See, Jesus reveals something about his character and reveals about something about himself in that moment where the disciples are wondering, do you care? We're about to drown that I think is so important for us. He steps up and he says, peace, peace, peace. And he just looks, I, I, I don't know, I don't think it was a shout. I think he got up, he sees them all freaking out and he's like, peace. I mean, you guys have been with me. He goes on to say, where's your faith? You just seen me heal people. You just... You just walk with me and you know, you know I can do some crazy stuff. Peace, be still. And the wind and the waves, they calmed. I think this is so amazing because in that moment, Jesus calmed the, the thing that was seen, but also the thing that wasn't seen. 
He calmed the wind and the waves. I want you to know this morning that Jesus can calm the wind and the waves in your life. He can calm the chaos around you, but he can also calm the chaos inside of you. He can calm the things inside of you that are unseen. He can calm the physical, but he can also calm the emotional. And he's just saying today, if you're in the middle of a storm, peace, be, be still. And he calmed the winds and the waves. And here's what you have to know about peace. And I think sometimes we can, we can miss it when it comes to peace because we think peace is the absence of troubles. We think peace is the absence of, of problems, but peace isn't the absence of troubles, but it is the presence of Jesus. It is, it is, even though you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, you can fear no evil for thou art with me. He's with you. Sometimes we don't, we don't experience the peace of God because we're looking for the troubles to go away. He didn't promise the troubles to go away, but he said, in your trouble, I will give you rest. In your trouble, I will be peace. In your trouble, I'll be there. And so peace isn't the absence of trouble, but it is the presence of God. There's a scripture that we quote over my little boy every night in Psalms 4.8. It says, in peace, I will lie down and sleep for you alone, Lord, makes me dwell in safety. I love this because every night we quote this over him. Samuel, in peace, will you lie down and sleep? In peace, will you, will you sleep tonight? For he alone makes you dwell in safety because there's gonna come a day and I don't know when it is, when he's 12 or when he's 16 or when he's 24 or when he's 30, where the world is rocking around him and chaos will be all around him. And my God, I hope he remembers in that moment. In peace, will you lie down and sleep tonight? You can put your head on the pillow, Samuel, because in peace tonight, God is gonna be with you. He is your safety. He is your strong tower. He is the person that can hide you under the wings of the Almighty, protect you. And so maybe today you're in the middle of a storm, and I would say if you're in the middle of a storm, man, peace, peace, trust God's peace. It's a fruit of the Spirit, actually. When you get Jesus, guess what? You get peace. What does it say? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. You got peace that you can tap into today. Maybe you're in here today and you say, you know what, I'm not in the middle of a storm, but, but I just went through a storm. And you're right, he did give me peace. I learned some things in the storm. All of us have probably been through storms before and you've learned some things. And so if you're in here today and you would say, you know what, there is some peace in my life. I, I went through a storm and here I am today. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not a storm chaser, but I, I did ride it a little bit, right? It, by the way, I, I met a guy in a coffee shop a, a couple weeks ago, had lunch with him. He said he was a storm chaser, that he went on a trip and chased storms. I said, you're crazy. God, I never wanna be a storm chaser, but I will be a storm rider every once in a while and trust, you just give me peace. And maybe you've rode some storms lately. And so what is it that I think that this passage of scripture really would speak to you if maybe you're on the other side of a storm? I would say if you've ridden the storm already, the other side of a storm is a great place to draw strength for the next storm. Because here they were in Matthew chapter four, freaking out, 
And two chapters later, they were in a storm again, freaking out. I don't want you to have to go from one storm to the next, you know, repeating the same thing. Freak out here, freak out there, everywhere I'm gonna freak out. No, let's learn in the middle of a storm to draw strength from our past storm. Let's, let's start asking ourselves, God, what are you teaching me? God, this last storm that I just went through, this last moment that just came in my life, God, what can I learn from it? See, some of you have went through a storm recently. I wanna challenge you to go home this week and take inventory of that storm. Say, God, what were you teaching me in that storm? God, what can I learn from that season? God, what is it that, that in the next season that I go through I can take and it'll give me peace and it won't, it won't allow this chaos on the outside to, to put chaos on the inside of me? So I think if we've been through a storm, we need to think about it and then we need to put those things on the tip of our tongue. Not only for you, but I think for other people. I think we all know people in our lives that are going through storms. Tomorrow, you'll probably, if you, if, if, if you talk to enough people, you're gonna talk to somebody that's in the middle of a storm. And you know, the very lessons that you learned in the middle of a storm can be the things that help them out of their storm. The very lesson that you learned about your situation, I promise you, might be the thing that helps the person next to you. You know, I think revival could spark in the city in a great way if we just put on the tip of our tongue, not what God is going to do, but what God has already done. You know, so often, you know, when we, you know, pray for revival, God send revival, God do this in the city. It's all about what he's going to do. I think God's done enough that if we just start proclaiming that revival could come. If we just start talking about the goodness of God, he's done enough. You know, if Jesus does nothing more than what he already did, die on a cross for you and me, take our sin, take our shame, that's more than enough. That's a lifetime of enough to bring revival. So maybe one of the best ways we can spark revival in this city is for us to step back and just start thinking, God, God, what have you already done that I need to share with others? May it be the words of our mouth that become testimony to other people, that become strength to others in your life. See, it's, it's in that moment that, that, that I think something amazing can take place. You can shift from a place of fear to a place of who is this? See, in that moment, the disciples went from a place of freaking out to seeing Jesus for the first time of who he really is. And he said, who is this? Man, may that be true of those around you, that, that they hear your testimony and it's so strong and it glorifies God so much that that, that people look at you and they're like, who is this? May it amaze you as you think about what God has done. God, who is this? Even the winds and the waves obey you. And I bet you if we stopped and just thought about what God has done for us in storms, we would get a, we'd get a holy awe. We'd get a wonder in us that you talk about growing your faith. You talk about believing God for more. Start thinking about what God's already done. I promise you, you'll believe God for more. I promise you, your faith will increase. And so maybe you're in the middle of a storm and I would just say peace is in the middle of the storm. 
Maybe you've just come out of a storm and I wanna challenge you to start thinking about what God taught you in the storm and use it to spread revival. God doesn't have to do another thing for you. You promise you, you've already got enough. You've already got enough for him to, for him to be glorified as you talk to other people. Or maybe for you, you're the third person and, or probably all this person. Um, a storm's a coming. <laughs> See, in this world, you will have troubles. You just came out of a storm and you get to let it ride for a little bit, hopefully. Maybe in the middle of a storm or maybe for you right now, you're about to go into a storm. I started praying, okay, God, what, what is it that I see in this story that I think can really help people when it comes to the storm that they may be heading into? What is it that stands out in both of these stories actually talking about storms? God, how can I prepare for a storm ahead? Well, I think, yes, I need, to, I need to know that God has been faithful. As I do that, it can be a place that's more than enough for me to, to get by. But sometimes the storms in my life, they can feel like <laughs> they are outpacing everything that I've seen God do in my life. Sometimes the next storm just seems too big. So how do I prepare for future storms? What is it that I see in this story that, that allowed these disciples to get to the other side. And I only saw one thing. In fact, I, I thought about preaching this whole message around this one thing, and it's this. You know what I think allowed them to get to the other side? They stayed in the boat. They just stayed in the boat. And so if I was about to go into a storm, I would wanna make sure that Jesus was in my boat. Imagine if Jesus wouldn't have been in their boat. Imagine what it would have been like being in the middle of a sea all alone without the person that can calm the wind and the waves. I don't wanna imagine that because we have access to Jesus. And so I wanna take them in the boat with me. So maybe you're in here today and you've been doing life kind of half on your own, half with Jesus. You go into situations and you phone a friend, which there's nothing wrong with phoning a friend. You reach out to your support group on social media. Those are all great, but I wanna encourage you as as you head into every season of your life, let's make sure, let's make sure we keep Jesus in the boat. Man, I don't wanna be calling for Jesus in the middle of a storm and wonder where he is. I don't wanna be out in the middle of a storm in my life and think, oh man, I don't have him in the boat. I gotta get him. God, where are you? Where are you, Jesus? I don't wanna hit rock bottom to find Jesus. No, I wanna have Jesus with me all the time. I wanna walk with Jesus with me. I wanna go into work with Jesus with me. I wanna go into my marriage with Jesus with me. I wanna go into every relationship with Jesus is with me. Every situation, God, you're with me. I'm not leaving you behind. I'm not leaving you over here. I'm not pushing you to the side, but I'm keeping you in my boat because if you're in my boat, I know you can calm the wind and the waves.
And so the question I would have for all of us today is, is Jesus in your boat? Is he here with you? Is he with you? Or have you left him on the bank? Saying, we'll see you on the other side. If you're in here today and and look, this isn't to convict you or guilt you or shame you. We have all been there where we thought we were man enough, strong enough. I can do this all on my own enough to where we just handle life problems alone. And the reality is you weren't designed or wired to do that. You were always meant to be in relationship with him. It's why Jesus came. You know, you may be in here today and this is the first time you've even given God a shot. You've been far from him. You've been doing life on your own. The beauty of this story is that Jesus was in the boat and they got a revelation of who he was. Today, I hope that you get a revelation of who he is. He's a God that loves you so much that he sent his son Jesus to save you from the storm. A storm that would lead to death. Separation. Jesus said, I'll step into the storm. I control the wind and the waves and I'll take it all on me so that you don't have to. Today, if you've been doing life apart from Jesus, he can be in your boat. You don't gotta walk into the next storm with an empty boat all alone. Would you bow your heads all across this room? Father, we thank you. We thank you for every person that's in this room today. And God, I just pray that, God, if there's anyone in here today that maybe they're in the middle of a storm, I pray peace would be here. I pray peace would be here. God, I pray peace over any person today, God, that's right in the middle of it. They walked in freaking out. They walked in frustrated. They walked in upset. They walked in wondering if you were there or if you cared or were you ever gonna do anything? I pray peace over them. In peace, Psalms 4a, in peace, may they lay their head down tonight. In peace, may they put their head on the pillow tonight and may they know that you are there and that you haven't left them and you never leave them. You'll never forsake them. You'll never walk out on them, that you're always right there. God, I pray for those that have just come out of a storm that you bring to their mind, bring to their attention, God, what you've done in them and what you did through them in the storm. May they, may they, may they walk out of here with an acknowledgement that it was in the storm that God taught me this, this, and that. And may it be strength for the next battle. May it be strength for the next season because storms will come. And for those that are about to walk into a storm, May we all walk through it with you in the boat. 
Now, Father, I pray for all those that are in here today that don't know you. They've been living their whole life alone in the boat. If that's you in here today, nobody looking around, you would say, you know what? I've been living my life alone in the boat. But today you're ready to walk out of here saying, you know what? I want Jesus in my boat. I want him with me. If that's you today, I want to encourage you and nobody looking around, just a private moment. Would you slip up a hand? If you've been, thank you so much. If you've been doing life alone, maybe you're in here today and you push Jesus out of the boat. At one time he was in it, but he's not right now. If that's you, would you slip up a hand? Would you just, just say, God, I'm inviting you back into the boat. I'm inviting you back into my life. I'm inviting you back into my situations. If you raise the hand, I want to encourage you. Would you pray this with me? Would you just say, Jesus, I'm so sorry for leaving you out of the boat. I'm so sorry for every decision that I've made on my own. I repent of my sins. I repent of the things that were all about me and leaving you out. Father, I ask that you come into my life. Make me brand new. I call on you. I believe you died for me. God, I make you Lord of my life. In Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Louisville podcast. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the good news of Jesus, you can give by visiting lifepointlou.org forward slash give or text LCLOU to 77977. Thanks so much. We hope you have an incredible week.